Hey, what's up, bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app that's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet this is where we tell us worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically reforming preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday. Super excited as always to be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, whatever you listen to the bar on. We are grateful that you are listening, and I love to start the show off by thanking the listeners. Man, I'm telling you, it is phenomenal to see the response. Um, it's phenomenal to see the orders for the different bar gear and, and people posting pictures. And, and like I tell you, I guess something new I've been telling you, when you're listening right now, make sure you screenshot your player and uh, post it, tag us in it, let people know what your favorite podcast. And I've noticed a lot of new orders, um, but I haven't seen a lot of new pictures. So if you order some bar gear, make sure you take a picture and post it and tag us so that we can uh, share it and, and let the world know who your favorite podcast is. And also, like I start every week, I bring you an awesome guest. Uh, this is also an awesome guest that uh, that I've kind of known for a little while, I guess, social media wise. I guess you know people now by social media. You don't have to necessarily meet them face to face, but a dear brother uh, and friend and would love to bring to the mic none other than Mr. Mike. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on. When you're thanking the listeners, that first and foremost applies to me. Awesome. So uh, appreciate that. Good deal, man. Good deal. So, Mike, uh, we we've been in the inbox and and things have changed since the last time we've talked, and uh, we finally got it worked out um, where we could get you on the show. I want to give you the floor to uh, introduce yourself to the listeners, share whether we want to share, whether it's personal or professional. You got the floor to do that right here. Uh, yeah, so thanks again for having me. My name is Mike Jorgensen. Uh, I think the way that we got connected initially, social media-wise, like you're saying, is uh, is one of two options. One, I founded this group on um, 
Facebook called the Reformed Library when I was back in seminary. And that sucker has gone to like 9,000 members now representing 30 plus countries. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing that we're seeing. Uh, and we'll get a little more into that later. Uh, it could have also been Gotham Central, which is a Christian comic book and like kind of nerd pop culture podcast that I was on for a while. And I think we may have talked about doing a crossover because that was also kind of a reformed mm-hmm. Christianity and culture. Uh, but yeah, me personally, I'm a pastor in Cincinnati at a, uh, it's an urban multi-ethnic Presbyterian church, which are some words that don't frequently go together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've stopped me when I'm lying, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, uh, 33 years old, went to covenant seminary in St. Louis. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've been doing this job in my third year out of seminary at this church as an assistant pastor. And yeah, I like most reform guys really into reading, do a lot of that. Uh, I'm very into music, been a musician for 20 plus years. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. And then I'm, I think the other, what's the, the official term is a cinephile. I love movies. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not using that one. Um, <laughs> I, put it on a t-shirt. It's a good conversation starter. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you kind of threw me right there, brother. <laughs> so, so, um, I'm thinking if I'm uh timeline wise, uh, in my life, I'm thinking it probably came from the podcast um, where we first got connected because um, yeah, I was yeah. a part of the Reform Library, um, but, you know, like a kind of like a silent member, you know, um, in my quote unquote cage stage, you know, just pretty much searching anything reformed on Facebook and joining. Um, so I, I know it probably wasn't from that, but definitely from uh, the podcast, but so let's rewind. And, um, I didn't know you were a pastor. That's, that's awesome. Cause a lot of pastors listen to this show and you say you listen to this show. So that, that kind of confirms my theory, but let's rewind and let's talk about what inspired the reform library group and what were you trying to accomplish and what have you seen? How have you seen it grow and develop into, you know, what you envision more? Sure. Um, yeah. So, it actually, this is the craziest thing. So, you know, we're all as reform guys. Uh, and I feel like reform guys, they have various, uh, like leaving the cage stage. A lot of times really just means you learn how to hide it better. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we still all love collecting a lot of books and showing them off. And so one of my hobbies is, you know, I'll just go to bookstores and just camp out for, you know, an hour or two, kind of look through everything. And every once in a while I would find a book that, you know, it looks like, you know, 50, 60 years old, and it's some kind of theology book. And then I Google the author's name, and Google still is not that up to date on, you know, Puritans and Reformed theology and whatnot. And so I'd be like, man, I wish I knew someone who could just tell me, you know, is this solid or is this uh, a pass, you know, for five bucks? And so that was actually the original idea was, you know, a sounding board of trusted thinkers. Um who we can share resources and bounce resources off each other. What it's actually spawned into is uh, this community where people are encouraged to uh, come here, recommend sources, ask for recommendations on resources, um, and then learn how to interact like Christians about the stuff we're reading. 
And that's that's the hard part now. And that's why we have this army of uh, moderators, because I find that even when we're talking about Jesus and theology, we don't demonstrate the fruit of the spirit with fellow Christians, you know, mm-hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Um, and the internet culture in general is not tilted or skewed towards uh, self-control or patience uh, or and certainly not love, uh, at least not in a, in a deeper, meaningful sense. So uh, how do we use this platform, but we use it in a way that builds into our sanctification rather than undercutting it? Um, so that's the current, the challenge. And, you know, that's like all projects of sanctification. That's mm-hmm. not done until Jesus comes back. Um, but that's where we push people. And so we nudge them. And and so, you know, we've tried to say, you know, no memes. And if somebody comes in here and posts a picture of the shack, which happens a couple <laughs> times a month, uh, it's like, yeah, it's really easy to light them up. Right. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you and I have no problem telling people what's wrong with the shack. It's not hard. It's not an exercise in critical thinking to say, um, yeah, that book's garbage. You should burn it. Uh, which is what 30, 40 people jump in and say immediately. Instead you say, Hey, why was that book interesting to you? And let them share with you a little something about what made them want to pick it up. And at that point you can say, you know, if that's your interest, you know, if you're interested in fiction written from a Christian perspective, maybe X, Y, and Z would be Mm -hmm. more helpful Mm -hmm. and see how you just took, you know, you took the opportunity to build someone up and kind of pastor and shepherd them rather than just lighten them up. Right. uh, Right. For, for 10 seconds of feeling like the big guy in the room who knows what's wrong. <laughs> and and you know, it's not. And so you understand that with the shack, but now people come in and they'll, you know, they're 18, 19. They just got their first systematic theology, which for almost everybody is Wayne Grudem. For sure. And now people are like, Oh, you know, Grudem. And he's so passe. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't use Grudem anymore. <laughs> um, and, and, and so that's, that's what we're trying to do. And then, you know, we've got guys from, you know, Argentina and Egypt and Finland and uh, Zimbabwe and Puerto Rico and Romania and Singapore and South Africa. I mean, and they're all the, the convergence is really interesting. And what I'm hoping to find is, um, you know, I want to hear reformed voices from different contexts, different cultures. Um, Mm. And I think that's, you know, that's a challenge. I went through a reformed seminary and, uh, is a lot of, you know, I read a lot of books and a lot of those people look like me, um, whether they're, you know, three or 400 years old or something like that. And so it's like, you know, if we really believe this is biblical theology and the Bible is common property of all Christians globally, uh, then mm-hmm. a reformed theology should be something that's a global enterprise. And it is. Um, and so how, you know, how do I hear more of those voices, uh, in my own life? Right. No, that's that's really cool, man. That's really good. Um, and and, you know, it's good to have that place uh, to to to, you know, have that conversation, man. That That is awesome. So with the um, you know, I know you say you added a whole bunch of uh, army of admin, um, you know, this is kind of a funny question. How many, how often you have to kick anybody out, man? How many times you got to, you know, get that escort to, you know, cause I, I hear horror stories about people getting kicked out of the, the pub and, you know, things oh, like yeah. that. Is, is that, <laughs> does that happen much in the reform library? Cause you know, the library, you know, it's supposed to be calm and quiet, you know, that you have to step out yeah, yeah, and no. kick anybody yeah, out. We got to find a good like shushing meme. when we shut down. <laughs> the um, yeah. So we definitely, uh, our first instinct is to, 
you know, will stop comments on a thread if it's gotten out of control uh, or if it's so far off the original post. Uh, and we try to to really exercise a biblical model. If somebody is really off the rails, we will send them a private message. So we don't try to shame or humiliate them in front of other mm-hmm. people. Um, even if they're shaming and humiliating people, it's like, you know, we're not going to pick up and use the, the tools that you're using to inflict harm on you. Like you're doing it to someone else. We try. And then sometimes they want to argue with us in that chat. Sometimes they want to get back in the group and complain about how they're getting messaged by the admins. And <laughs> that's when we bounce people because, um, yeah, I just flipped over the page right now and it's 9,087 members and 99 people pending ready to join. Mm-hmm. And even if I bounce five a day, which I certainly don't do that many, uh, they're coming in a lot faster than it's not going to hurt the group. But we'll, what <laughs> will hurt the group is having a really toxic presence of someone who's not willing to be corrected. And then, I mean, my favorite was like somebody got bounced, rejoined and then posted this thing about how the sanctimonies post about how they're leaving and called us oh, a bunch wow. of Nazis and <laughs> um, said that we value our the rules of our group over the u.s constitution and i was like well our rules of the group are biblical rules and yeah we value those over the, <laughs> over the u.s constitution uh like the point i'm not even gonna apologize like um like you correctly understood what we're doing you just don't like it and that's you know that's fine get out so uh yeah so we want to help and serve people who are on board with it and I, I really hate that it's become this, but we now have more do nots in the rule section than do's. Um, gotcha. And when you read the scripture and, and you're like, man, there's so many do nots in the Pentateuch. And, uh, and even in Paul's writing, he has a lot of prohibitions written like that. It's like, I would love just positively say the law. It's like, yeah, the problem is when you're given a lot of people, they, they need some do nots. You know, they mm-hmm. need the guardrails. Um, and so we tried to offer scriptural uh, thought behind every rule that we offer. So yeah, that's uh we definitely bounce people, uh, but we try to give them a chance and we even give shots at redemption every once in a while, let them back in. Gotcha. Cool, man. Nope. Dope. Dope. So, um, you, you mentioned that you were a local pastor and you mentioned the, the interesting, uh, combination of words and dynamic. Um, let's talk a little bit about the church. Uh, if you don't mind, um, was this a uh, plant or uh, where I guess you kind of came in? Um, tell us a little bit about the story of you getting, you know, uh, becoming a pastor of this church. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty unique story because I grew up at this church in my uh, childhood. And then I went off into ministry for my 20s and then went to seminary and then was looking for a job out of school. But this is actually a 165 year old church. Mm. Um that is in a community that is 50, 50 African-American and white. And the church was completely homogeneous when I grew up there. And this pastor came in uh, 13 years ago now uh, with a real vision to say, you know, how do we really look like the community that we're, that God's put us in? You know, we don't think we're uh, part of a town called College Hill and we don't think this church is in College Hill accidentally. And we don't think the makeup of this community looks the way it does accidentally if we serve a sovereign God. So, you know, what are we doing as a church that has kind of built this as an exclusive uh, club? And so it's, it's been, uh, you know, I feel like this is such a platitude and cliche, but it is messy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's messy work, but we were never promised that it isn't. So, uh, or at least not by Jesus. 
So right. uh, that's, that's the challenge. And uh, yeah, right now we're, uh, it's not a huge church. We're 300 uh, ish in weekly attendance, which I guess it's all perspective, but our building could seat five, 600 uh, at a time per mm. service. Um, but, you know, I'd rather have a, a church doing the right things at, you know, too small a size than right. growing, growing while doing the wrong things. Exactly. Exactly. So what, um, well, let's see, how can I word that? <laughs> no, I, 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 we get them all. Yeah. I got you. No, I'm, I'm just curious, man. Um, you know, because like, so I, I, I was wondering or curious about how, uh, you guys kind of started leaning in that direction to, to look more like the community. What are some of the things that you you've done or did or, or you're doing? Uh, what are some of the things that you you've done to kind of go in that direction for some pastors that may be listening? Sure. So I think the first thing and this, so I don't get to take any credit for this, so I can brag about the church a little bit because this is not my leadership. Um, <laughs> but I think they started to reassess, you know, we're Presbyterian, we're governed by elders and, I think they kind of said, well, let's take a good hard look at the biblical requirements for elder, because right now our requirements for elder seem to be about the same as picking board members at Fortune 500 companies. Mm. Um, Because uh, if you don't check your culture at the door, um, that's what will kind of naturally happen. So we have General Electric has a big presence in Cincinnati. Uh, Procter & Gamble is based out of Cincinnati, Uh, you know, Fifth Third Bank. Uh, some other things have some really large presences here and our session tended to be made up of executives at those companies. And it's like, well, that's not actually what we're called to look for in a biblical elder. And so it was being very intentional about seeking out and saying, you know, is there a person of color who can come in and um, has these spiritual gifting that it takes to be an elder and how can we recognize that? And if we're not finding it, how do we be really intentional about discipling people into those roles and discovering those gifts? And uh, I don't think you'll be surprised to hear that people of every um, racial background, ethnic background, and socioeconomic background have the gifting for elders. You know, it's not a <laughs> white, middle right. class, upper class thing. Uh, right. And so just being really intentional and really looking, taking a good hard look in the mirror. And so now there are, um, it's still our session is still um, skewed a little in the in the white direction, but there are multiple voices there, and I think that was the hard thing at first too is getting one African American there and then asking them to speak on behalf of all African Americans, which is completely unfair, right? Um, for sure, because I shouldn't, I wouldn't want to be put in the position of representing all the white people at my church, because um, I I don't think they all think the same, and I don't think anyone should, uh, and so that it's part of the problem with representation. So that was the first thing. And then uh, the second thing for me, so I was put over uh, the worship services and I had to hire a contemporary worship leader. And I was, you know, I kind of had this theory that whatever you have up front is what will start to fill in in the pews. You know, that's what you're going to look like as somebody come up, somebody comes in and if everything on the up front, and this is generationally too, you know, if you're trying to reach, 20, 30 something year olds, and you've got all 50, 60 year olds up front, you know, doing the speaking, doing the worship leading, doing the preaching, uh, younger people are going to say, well, there's no one up there who looks like me. And that's the same Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and so I, you know, started praying for um, the person who would, you know, reflect our community and reflect our values as a church uh, and started networking around that. And sure enough, God provided this guy who's um, he's a real estate agent in our community. Uh, he was a pastor of a multi-ethnic church plant in another part of Cincinnati for a while. So he lives in the community. Um, he's uh, he's African-American, but he, and he's fluent in um, not just the kind of the contemporary Christian songs we were doing, but also brings some gospel. And so now there's this convergence of styles. And nice. before it was this, um, everyone was very nervously trying to think, uh, oh, do we have, you know, do we have an African-American in the band this week? And guess what? <laughs> when you put one in charge of the band, that's no longer criteria. Um, you don't have to worry about that anymore because he's now leading the band. Um, and that, you know, that makes it a little easier, but it's about just, you know, giving away and distributing power, uh, evenly, uh, in the church. And that has made an impact. It's not like we're totally fixed or don't have problems. And yeah. And I don't know which things I'm going to say are going to get you negative feedback, but I don't think they have <laughs> my email address. So. Bro, it don't matter. We we you at the bar, man. We don't care. <laughs> All right. Good deal. You're you're safe, man. This is safe ground. We we definitely definitely don't care uh, about that. But I I love the transparency and the honesty. Um, and that that is that is awesome to hear. Um, awesome to hear that transition and 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 you know the consciousness and wanting to have that. You know, it's not necessarily a requirement, but you know, just you know, like I said, wanting to look like the community. Um, it's not something that you necessarily have to have. Um, but uh, I definitely I love those answers. Um, so right here, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. All right, we're back. And here my man Mike had a really good conversation and I'm excited about these uh, bar signature questions for two reasons. One, because I know you listen to the show, so I know you prepared. And then two, you know, all three questions weigh pretty heavy in your life. So uh, right. you say you, you're, you're a musician on music, you know, you're, you, you found it, the reform library and uh, you know, you had a podcast. So this is going to be really fun. So let's go with the first one. Hmm signature question is what kind of music do you listen to? Yeah. So the, the short answer is kind of all kinds. If I have to, if I'm pressed on like my ultimate favorite band of all time, which I absolutely hate that question, I tend to say the national. Um, and I'm also a big fan of father John Misty, which that's getting a little obscure. Uh, but on any given year, you know, I tend to like just share with my friends here, my top, five albums of the year and 
Uh, in any given year, it's something like the National. Um, Courtney Barnett's another one that I'm thinking of that I just think about buying tickets to her concert later, uh, a couple months from now. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, every time he's had an album in the last few years, have been in my top five. In fact, I mean, he won the Pulitzer Prize for his last album. So that should tell you something right there. Um, for sure. But we were just listening to Chance the Rapper last night, and that's another one that it gets a lot of spins in our house. Uh, awesome, yeah, man. so that's the whole gambit, but it's uh, mostly mostly indie, occasionally some of the indie folk type stuff, and then some some hip hop and uh, rap. All right, next signature bar question is: What book or books are you currently reading? Yeah, so at any given time, I try to be reading um, something from each genre. And um, partially that's just the manifestation of ADHD as an adult. And partly that is, uh, I find that that makes me a better preacher. If I'm able to pull from multiple people's interests uh, and and build acquire a genuine interest in a couple different topics. So uh, I'm between books in a couple areas. Right now I'm reading... I think it's called, uh, man, I'm losing it. It's, uh, it's, it's another one of these. Are you familiar with Charles Taylor? The, our secular age guy. Oh yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a Canadian philosopher and he passed away, but now people are writing books. So Colin Hansen, the, I think he's the young wrestlers reform guy. He wrote a summary of Charles Taylor's works and James K. A. Smith wrote one. And this guy, Alan Noble, uh, oh, okay. So the book's called A Distracted Witness. And it's talking about how to witness, how to share the gospel with people in an age where the, kind of the attention span is low. And the tension he really points out is how um, in the world where so much information we're overloaded by all the time, people have become very comfortable with holding two ideas that are uh, in juxtaposition or have tension between them because we just get used to contradiction. Uh, in a world where there are so many worldviews spinning around us. Uh, and so how do you reach people there instead of adding, having them add it to the list of things they're interested in or dismiss it because it disagrees with some particular thing. So he's saying they have kind of this thick shell built up around them. And how do you, how do you break through that? Um, so that's kind of the, the Christian book I'm reading right now. Um, Fiction, you know, I just read, uh, I saw the Mortal Engines movie last year, which was only okay, but every time uh, a book to movie adaptation comes out, I get curious about it. Um, and then I just finished Ta-Nehisi Coates' We Were Eight Years in Power, and I'm currently reading through a book called The Radical King, which is a compilation of uh, lesser-known sermons from Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, and that includes a Palm Sunday sermon from 1959 that he gave that I actually quoted uh, two days ago in my Palm Sunday sermon. So, uh, and that's, that's just one of the things where it's like, well, I didn't sit down with the radical King in hopes that it would illustrate sermons for me. Uh, mm-hmm. but when it does, it's just a bonus. Gotcha. Cool, man. Cool. All right. So next signature bar question is what podcast do you listen to? Uh, well, this is not for the sake of flattery, but, uh, <laughs> the bar, podcast is uh the podcast i listen to most uh and partially you know i love the way you lead i love the length of it because some of these podcasts are like two hours now um, and yeah <laughs> and also the lineup you know i love the the lineup you had you had um Kossen, dr kostenberger on a couple episodes ago and 
he was buddies with one of my professors in seminary. So I had to read a lot of his books. Mm. Uh, I guess I should say I got to read a lot of his books because <laughs> I enjoyed them. Uh, but right. I was like, oh my gosh, he got Dr. Kossenberger. And then when you like started to explain who he is at the beginning, I'm like, who would even need to not have that explained? You know, everybody knows him. Um, mm. <laughs> so other than that, you know, I occasionally check out, um, there's a couple others in our reform network and I'm trying to, there's another, like, I think they're like a video gamer podcast, the reform gamers or something like that. But I listened to them cause they had one on, uh, oh no, it's popcorn theology. That's the one popcorn theology. Cause I'm a big movie lover and they will kind of do a breakdown of movies, whatever's in the theater. And I pretty much don't miss anything. I've seen, you know, four or five movies in the theater this month. So, um, they're there. And then my favorite TV show of all time is the West wing. And my wife's on the same page there. And there's uh, a West wing podcast that she listens to. Uh, and I'm usually in the other room. So I kind of vicariously listen to that podcast, but those <laughs> gotcha. are like the crazy long episodes. So mm-hmm. I just kind of duck in and out of it, but uh, I've appreciated what I've heard of it, but I'm not sure I'm ready to make the 200 hour commitment to listen to that whole thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's legit. And I appreciate the flattery, man. I do. Um, it, it definitely feels good to hear that people are enjoying the content. Um, and then shout out to my buddy Ed that got me the Kossenberger Connect, man. Um, just God has just been really good to the podcast, man. And we're just uh, thankful and, and, and grateful for just connecting us with good people such as yourself, man. So right here, brother, I'm going to give you the floor to... Uh, close us out any uh words of encouragement or any announcements uh this show will probably be the first week of may maybe but uh just let you know just in case there's anything time sensitive but you have the floor to talk right here sure uh well thanks again for having me on uh thank you for doing what you do because uh, i don't know if if a lot of people who listen kind of have the the hubris that i have when i listen to shows and sermons and whatnot where i'm like oh i could do that um <laughs> and, and some of that, it's like, well, you could do it once or twice or three times, but the discipline of sitting down and getting this content out uh, is so difficult uh, to keep it going for more than, uh, you know, the first month or the second or third month. Um, and so I'm sure you've hit that creative wall a couple times now and found a way to plow through it. Um, secondly, and this is a question back, right back at you. Uh, okay. You were also doing the push-up challenge this year, right? Mm-hmm. I heard you mention on another episode that you used to be a high school athlete and you're trying to work back to that. Mm-hmm. I definitely had that. So <laughs> uh, trying to find a balance because I was a high school wrestler and football player. Mm-hmm. And man, when you're used to burning like 3000 calories a day, three, four or 5,000, and then yep. you uh, sit on your butt after college, mm-hmm. I'm like, I thought I was really disciplined, was a really good uh, at working out. It turns out I'm only good at doing that when somebody's yelling at me. <laughs> um, which says nothing of my self-discipline other right. self-preservation but right. uh, but yeah so uh just the the discipline of doing this so hopefully everybody listening gets that and uh yeah and then everybody listening if you're not already in the reform library uh please come join especially if you heard me talking about it earlier and you understand the ethos that we're working out of here, that we're really trying to build each other up. We're trying to stretch each other uh, to read new and different things, but have this uh, sense of accountability. And, uh, and maybe you heard me say that and you heard, and you thought, you know what, that actually sounds like an area where I need to grow in. 
we would be more than happy to help you do that. Uh, we're just going to apologize in advance when we shut you down every once in a while if you go <laughs> off the rails. Uh, but it's because we love you and it's because we love the other people in the group. So, uh, yeah, and that's all I got to say, which is you're lucky. You got lucky when you give a pastor an open mic. I know, man. I know. I, I know that I, I risk uh, going 30, 40 minutes more, but I always tell them it's a 30 minute conversation. And that's why you like to listen to the show. So I, I, I'm very meticulous in the way I do things. Um, brother, I appreciate you uh, coming on. I appreciate the kind words. And um, and and it definitely means the world um, just to kind of piggyback off what you said. Um, yeah. 30 day challenge made it. Um, um, trying to get this gym thing going. Uh, and I found that I'm motivated by actually playing. Like if I could play basketball, I'll be fine. But my knees don't agree with playing basketball. So, you know, I can't do it as often. Like I would be in great shape if I could play basketball every day. But uh, unfortunately, I can't. Um, That's the problem for me. It's completely unacceptable <laughs> to ask somebody to wrestle with you as a grown yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that, um, yeah, definitely unacceptable. Like, um, oh, let's get some spandex and roll around, man. Um, so, yeah, it was a weird sport then, and it's definitely weird now. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> to the listeners, make sure you guys check us out every week. Your favorite podcast, the Bar Podcast. Make sure you check out all the Bar Podcast Network. We got past discussion on monday the bar on tuesday just thinking on wednesday unless they got a hot topic and they want to message me on sunday night say they want to drop it early but anyway uh <laughs> bars on thursday um truth and fire on friday and mario esco live on friday as well to the listeners appreciate you guys listening to next time god bless and we are out
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get a invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there